I felt led to preach Luke chapter number six, and we will be dealing with this subject for the rest of the month. We actually will be in Luke chapter number six for the rest of the month. So if you want to stay with me, I encourage you to study Luke chapter number six. We will be in Luke chapter number six for the rest of the month. So you can be studying that as we go along and go through Luke chapter number six. I want to encourage everyone that we pray 30 minutes before service. That if you could be here 30 minutes before service starts, I want to encourage you to meet me in the prayer room so that we can pray. We have evening service. And I always say we don't start at 630. We start at 6 because that's when prayer starts. So I want to encourage everyone that is here today to meet me today at 6 o'clock. So we can come and pray together. Let's go to Luke chapter number 6. And I want to speak on a simple subject today, and this subject will be my subject for the rest of the month, and that is the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Matter of fact, I feel something just slightly different. Pray with me right now. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, O God, for all that you've done. I pray in the name of Jesus that you may use me, O God, for your glory. Lord, this is your church. These are your people we are your sheep. I am your vessel. Use me, God, to speak every word that is intended, and I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We'll still remain in Luke chapter number 6. We want to speak on this subject, the mind of Christ. Starting at verse number 1, the Bible says, follow me here. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath. So that lets us know there's already been a first Sabbath. On the second Sabbath after the first, that he went through the cornfields, he being Jesus, and his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? The Sabbath is a subject that is oftentimes debated. And the Sabbath is a subject that Luke chapter number six picks up on speaking of directly. And Jesus handles this very well. And it's something here that we will look at and dive into to see what Jesus says about the Sabbath. And here we find certain of the Pharisees in verse number one and two that were obviously following and watching Jesus. And now the disciples here, we need to know and understand they were not stealing. Actually, Jewish legal tradition had 39 categories of activities forbidden on the Sabbath day. And harvesting was one of them. One of the methods of harvesting was rubbing the heads of grains between their hands. 
as the disciples were doing here. But the scripture says in verse number three, and Jesus answered them, said, have you not read so much as what David did? So Jesus now begins to give them an example that they should be aware of. It says, when himself was a hungered and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest alone. To give some understanding here, every week or each week, 12 consecrated loaves of bread representing the 12 tribes of Israel would be placed on a table in the temple. This bread was called showbread or the bread of the presence. After its use in the temple, it was to be eaten only by the priests. Jesus here is being accused of Sabbath breaking and he's referring to a well-known story about David found in 1 Samuel chapter number 21. Once when fleeing from Saul, David and his men had eaten this consecrated bread and their need had become more important than ceremonial regulations. That's why we can never allow tradition and church routine to get in the way or hinder what God wants to do at any moment. As a leadership team, we meet before service to go over the flow of service to make sure we have a well-organized plan. And I think that's a good thing. But when Jesus decides to disrupt the plan, agenda goes out the window. So when you feel or when I feel Jesus telling you and I to shout the victory, then you must shout the victory. When you feel Jesus telling you to run, well, honey, go ahead and just run. <laughs> when you feel Jesus telling you to move, then you need to respond in worship because your need is more important than ceremonial regulations. So it doesn't matter what is taking place at a certain time in the service. When you feel the moving of the Holy Spirit, you need to respond to that move. So Jesus then goes on to say in Luke chapter 6 verse number 5. He says, and he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So when Jesus said these words, he was declaring that he had the authority to overrule the Pharisee tradition and regulations because he created the Sabbath and the creator is always greater than the creation. That's why in the book of Mark chapter number two, starting at verse number 27, he says, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So God created the Sabbath for man's benefit, for you and I's benefit. And we must understand that creating this opportunity or the Sabbath was created for man's benefit, which therefore created the opportunity to be restored both naturally and spiritually when we take the time to rest and focus on the Lord. 
There's a very familiar story found in the book of John chapter number five, starting at verse number two. And it goes on to say, now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which in the Hebrew tongue is called Bethesda. And it had five porches and there was a great multitude of impotent folk, blind of halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel would come down at a certain season into this pool and he would trouble the water. And whoever first after the troubling of the water would step in was made whole of whatsoever he, disease he had and a certain man was there and he had an infirmity for 38 years and when Jesus was coming by he saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case and he said unto him do you want to be made whole the impotent man answered sir I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool while I am coming after steppeth down before me another steppeth down before me so this man was not ignoring Jesus's question he was just letting Jesus know I do want to be healed but every time I try to get to the pool after the troubling of the water someone else beats me to it was well, interesting here because Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And the Bible says, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. So immediately this man felt the healing virtue go through his body and then therefore gave him the strength and the fortitude to rise up, take up his bed and begin to walk. And the scripture lets us know that while this is taking place, it was all happening on the Sabbath day. And so now here, everybody's just not pleased. See, when God begins to move in your life, everybody's not going to be happy. When God begins to move and heal your body and touch your mind and even elevate you, everybody's not going to be happy. And so we see here in scripture that the Bible says in verse number 10, and the Jews therefore said un, uh, unto him that was cursed, hey, it's the Sabbath day. What, what, what are you doing around here? What are you doing walking around here carrying your bed? You're not supposed to be doing this. And he answered and said unto him, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. They asked they him, well, what man told you to take up your bed and walk? And he didn't even know it was Jesus. He didn't even realize that it was Jesus talking to him. Now listen to this now. What faith this man has that he listens to a random person that comes by that we know to be Jesus because we read it in scripture. But yet this man didn't even know that Jesus was the healer of all manner of diseases. But yet at the simple word that this man said, he responded in faith. And so the scripture lets us know here in verse number 13, and he that was healed went not who it was for Jesus had conveyed himself away or hid himself away, a multitude being in that place. And afterward, Jesus finding him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. See, when the Lord begins to touch our body or begins to move us in a different direction, he doesn't expect you and I to turn back. He doesn't expect you and I to go back to the very thing he brought us out of. 
oftentimes we ask the Lord to bring us out but yet we don't have a mindset to stay out see after the Lord brings us out of whatever situation he has brought us out of now we must pray Lord help my mind so I don't turn back to the ways that you brought me out of See, oftentimes we take our healing and our deliverance for granted, thinking that at any time we can just cry unto the Lord and the Lord is going to deliver us. But we do not know when the last time is going to be our last time. So therefore, when God begins to pull us out of the ways of sin or begins to heal our body, say, Lord, help me so that I don't return back to the ways that you brought me out of. So he said, don't, don't do it anymore. He said, or a worse thing can come upon you. And then the man departed and told the Jews, hey, it was Jesus. <laughs> it was Jesus that made me whole. And therefore, the Bible says in verse number 16, did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, my father worketh. And if God is working, then that means I have to work. It doesn't matter what day it is. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. If God chooses to move, then I've got to move. If God chooses to move, then I have to work. Therefore, the Jews sought more to kill him. Why? Not because of not only what he did, which was breaking their tradition, but the Bible says, but also, but said also that God was his father, making himself, somebody say, equal equal with God well the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 starting at verse number 5 it says let this mind somebody say this mind let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be somebody say equal to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross wherefore God hath highly exalted him and giving him a name which above every name that at the name somebody say Jesus that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven things in earth things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord let's clap our hands unto the Lord Amen. See, the keeping of the Sabbath was not important anymore once Jesus showed up. The Sabbath was to give rest, and it was to give people the opportunity to draw closer to God. The scripture says that Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 28 and 29, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest rest for your souls so the keeping of the sabbath was not important anymore once jesus showed up but the sabbath is part of the ten commandments and we are supposed to follow the ten commandments right 
So is keeping all Ten Commandments relevant to the New Testament church? I'm going to say that one more time. Is keeping all Ten Commandments relevant to the New Testament church? That's a great question. The Bible answers that question because many people say you must keep the Ten Commandments. We follow the Ten Commandments. So is keeping the Ten Commandments relevant to the New Testament church? Well, let's see what Jesus says. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 19, start, starting at verse number 16. The Bible says, Matthew 19, starting in 16, says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good shall I do that I may have eternal life? That is a great question to ask. Amen. What do I need to do in order to have eternal life? So we're dealing with eternal life here. Amen. And so the scripture says in verse number 17, and he said unto him, why are you calling me good? There's none good but one. That is God. But if you want to have this eternal life that you're talking about, he says, keep the commandments. But it doesn't stop there. It could have stopped. The story could have ended. Jesus could have went on and dealt with somebody else. But a very good question was asked in verse number 18. He said unto him, well, which ones do I keep, Jesus? Now, you would think in this very moment after Jesus would have simply said to him, keep the commandments, he would have said, okay, I must keep all 10 commandments. Walked away, end of conversation. But then he asked Jesus, which ones do I keep? So Jesus answers this question. He doesn't say keep all 10, but then he says, thou shalt do no, or excuse me, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. How many is that? Thou shalt not steal. How many is that? Thou shalt not bear false witness. How many is that? Honor thy father and thy mother. How many is that? And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. How many is that? Period. So Jesus lets him know these are the six commandments that you must abide by in this time and the Sabbath day was not one of them because if the Sabbath was that important to keep Jesus would have mentioned you need to keep the Sabbath but Jesus has simply said I am Lord of the Sabbath so therefore if you want rest you must follow me you must abide in me if you want to draw closer to the Lord it starts with Jesus Christ everything starts and ends somebody say with Jesus so he mentions the six commandments that we must follow in the New Testament church the Bible begins to say, as we continue in the book of Luke, chapter number six, go back there, please. Let's start at verse number six. The Bible says, and it came to pass also on another Sabbath. So now we have another example that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath. Now, isn't this interesting that there are people that came to church not to see 
the moving of God, but to see if the move of God would break their rules and traditions. Isn't that something that some people would come to church only to watch and see other people just to be nosy, nibby, to see if they're going to break some type of ceremony or ritual and they put that over the top of the moving of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, this is not that type of church. And we are not that type of people. But you are surrounded by people that believe that at any moment that God is able to touch your body, heal your mind, save your soul, and deliver you out of any situation that you are in. Oh, if I got a believer, clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify but they said we want to see if you go do something on this day so that they might accuse him but verse number eight says but he knew their thoughts (laughs) well the lord knows what you're thinking yeah that means what you're thinking right now Uh, some of y'all just changed your mind right there didn't y'all uh-huh yeah had your mind on chick-fil-a they're closed Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yep, you had your mind all over the place. Jesus knew their thoughts. He know what you're thinking right now. Yeah, let's let's take another 15 seconds and just dwell on that. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knew their thoughts, the Bible says, and said unto the man which had the withered hand. I love how even though Jesus knew what they were thinking, it didn't stop him from healing. It didn't stop him from moving. I'm telling you, there can be people in your role sleep right now, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't stop God from moving on your life. Don't allow other people's response affect your response. Amen. He knew, he knew what they was thinking. He said, okay. Even though I know what you're thinking, I, I, I want you to Hey, 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 gentlemen with the withered hand, I want you to rise up, stand forth in the mist. And the man rose and stood. Then Jesus said unto him, I, I want to ask you a question unto them. Excuse me. I want to ask everybody a question, really talking to these Pharisees. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or evil, to save a life or to destroy it? And looking round about all of them, obviously there was no response. He just looked at the man and said, hey, stretch forth your hand. That man with that withered hand, he stretched forth that hand. Can, can, can I teach just for a moment? See, when God is dealing with you, it doesn't matter what is happening around you. You just ought to obey the Lord. Because when God is ready to touch your mind, when he's ready to touch your body, and he tells you to stretch forth your hand, you ought to stretch forth your hand. That's why when I tell folks, lift your hands, clap your hands, you ought to raise your hand as high as you can and say, Lord, it may be my opportunity today. He stretched forth his hand. The Bible says, and he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. I don't know about you, but I I, would have ran, jumped, leaped, shouted. You mean to tell me I've been dealing with this my whole life and all I had to do is trust in Jesus? But while he's being restored, everybody else is filled with madness. 
and commune one with another, what we go do with Jesus? Here's a man that has been healed and they're trying to figure out how to go take out Jesus. Why? Because they're stuck in their tradition. They're stuck in their ceremonial rituals. They're stuck in this is the way we want to do things. You coming in here messing up our church. You mean to tell me you sitting in my seat today? Uh Oh, I better get back to my notes. I better get back to my notes. Somebody took my parking spot out there. Oh, when I walk in, nobody hold the door open for me. Oh, pastor has not spoken to me in two weeks. Haven't even been here. Amen. What we go do with this Jesus? The Bible says in the book of Galatians, chapter number three, verse number 24, to give greater clarification in how we're dealing in the New Testament. The Bible says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster for you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus for as many of you as have been baptized how into Christ you have put on Christ see this is the mind of Christ for you to know him to apply him to your life to be covered by him not just one day out of the week but every day can be a day of thanksgiving every day can be a day of peace every day can be a day of joy every day can be a day walking with Jesus Christ see we must understand as we live in this New Testament church that we're not under the laws of old that we have faith in Jesus Christ and we walk by faith we live by faith so Jesus came helping the people to understand that we don't have to abide by the Sabbath day and only honor the Lord on that particular day but no when Jesus came and he showed up he says no every day can be a day of thanksgiving every day can be a day where you're walking with me once we are baptized in his name and been filled with his spirit because when we have been baptized in his name we have put on Christ when we have been filled with his spirit now we can be led by Christ so every day I am in the rest of Jesus Christ oh I wish I had a testimony in here every day can be an opportunity that we know Jesus more and more But the Pharisees wanted to continue to complain because of their tradition. They did not want to see their agenda and what they considered church messed up. This is the way we have done it for years. 
And this is what the law is. But that's why I love Matthew chapter 19. When the young man simply said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, just keep the commandments. But the young man opened up his mouth one more time and said, well, which ones do I need to keep? Do I need to keep all of them? Or is there just a few of them? I love how Jesus just elaborates which ones are important for him to keep in order to have eternal life. And I love how Jesus, he didn't fail to mention, but he purposely omitted the Sabbath day. So that when we think about and as we have understanding of how many people put so much emphasis on how we are to gather on a certain day. That if you're not gathering on what was considered to be or what would consider to be the Sabbath day, then you are in the wrong. I want to tell this church and everyone that is listening, according to the Bible, we can gather on any day. I know typically we come to church on Sundays. But I'm telling you, we could come to church on a Tuesday. We could come to church on a Monday. You could come to church on a Friday. Because the scripture says, and it validates it, where two or three are gathered together in my name. The Bible says, there am I. Jesus said, I'm right there in the midst of them. So it does not matter what day it is as long as we come together in the name of Jesus Christ then Jesus will be in the midst of us and that's why we can be encouraged and I want you to be enlightened today that it does not matter what day it does not matter what time as long as you believe in the name of Jesus Christ and you put your trust in him then the Lord is able to answer and do anything at any time so I've come to encourage someone here today that if you came in here with whatever need that you want from the Lord that God is able and willing to meet that need and that God is waiting on somebody to respond like the man with the withered hand I dare somebody to stretch out your faith I dare somebody to stretch out your faith and lift up your voice and begin to trust in the Lord and know that he's willing to do it at any time I don't care and it does not matter who does not believe I don't care if you're surrounded by people that do not believe all it takes is one individual it takes one person of faith one person that will believe and I'm telling you God will ooh, I'm thankful to the Lord I feel faith rising in the house I'm telling somebody if you would respond to the moving of the Holy Ghost I promise you God will answer right here right now why because Jesus is here I'm gonna say that again Jesus is here Jesus is here. 
Oh, do you feel faith rising? I, I, I love how the people are already moving towards the altar by faith. I'm telling you, if you need healing in your body, you ought to respond. If you need deliverance in your spirit, you ought to respond. If you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, you ought to respond. If you want to be baptized in his name, you ought to respond. I'm telling you, the spirit of the Lord is here and he's just waiting on your response. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. The mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 